Welcome to Nothing Confidential, the podcast. I'm Kristen Henke, hostess with the mostest, matcha snob, and unapologetically bad at small talk. Seriously, tell me about your childhood. And I'm Joan Carnachon, queen of messy conversations, skincare junkie, and highly allergic to bullshit. You are now entering a judgment-free zone where together we will navigate the vital conversations that lift shame and shift paradigms. Our deepest desire is to normalize rewriting the narratives women have been taught about pleasure, money, power, sexual expression, and self-sovereignty. So join us each week for unfiltered, raw dialogue that educates, empowers, and hopefully entertains, or at the very least, makes the hard topics feel a little safer. And oh, by the way, when we say women, we are speaking to humans who identify with the divine feminine nature, non-binary royalty, our sacred sluts, the matriarch in the rising, and those of us who are still trying to figure their shit out. You guys know I love a good disclaimer, so here goes. We are not to be mistaken for doctors, lawyers, clinically trained psychologists, therapists, or your mother. But we are someone's mom. If you True. think this state is going well, subscribe to our show. And community means everything to us, so make sure to tell a friend or like all of your friends. And look at your sun hat. You look like you're in the Hamptons, even though you're Thank tucked you. between buildings. <laughs> <laughs> even oh though you're only God. on the Upper West Side. <laughs> I know. I wish one day, one day. But yeah, it's the first nice day. And also my husband's on like a big, loud conference call and the washer dryer's going. And so I'm like, you know what? We'll just put some birds and some cars in the background. We're going to take this outside. That's totally okay. Take this outside. And I'm getting a big, I'm going to move into the shade suit and take my sunglasses off. You know, these like new tank tops that Gen Z is making us wear. Yes. We're we're like no bra. You you just can't wear a bra with them. And so like my boobs are just hanging out for everyone. I know. No one's talking about this. They look so good though. Where, where they're so good from? Because they're super, super cute. And I remember those when I was actually in high school wearing some of those. Yeah, yeah they're like years old, ago. They're in, they're bringing it all back from the nineties. Um, the this is from Skatey, which Skatey. is a brand I never heard of. Skatey, S K A T I E, and I wouldn't recommend. They're like very cropped and like you. I mean, like you're tan, you can get away with it. Mine is like a little gross, <laughs> a little gross. So I need some, I need some sun. I'm about to check it out after this, after this, you know, situation. After this situation, yeah. after which this situation. speaking of this situation, we're so excited that you're here, Rachel. And we decided that because we have a personal relationship with you, that we are going to take some creative organizational license and we're going to wing it because wing it. <laughs> We want to talk about all the things and we don't actually want any structure because who needs it when you're amongst this many good friends. And also you're outside with the dogs barking. Like it's just one of those conversations. Let's just let it be. So for you guys who are just hearing Rachel, this is Rachel Moranis for the very first time, you may have not heard of her yet, but you surely will be hearing of her very, very soon in the near future as she is really reimagining the 
tech space when it comes to tracking your cycle, but also bringing in the witchy woo of the moon, which is so important and so exciting. And we're going to talk about why, but Rachel, welcome to nothing confidential. I was gonna say, welcome back. Cause you have been here before, but we never aired that episode. <laughs> uh, we were like a little drunk and silly on that episode. We were drunk um. and there was a snowstorm in New York going on. And we were worried that you weren't going to have groceries. There was like a yeah, lot happening there was, that night. There was so many things happening. Oh my God. New season. Well, first of all, it is such an honor to be here. I'm a fangirl of both of you. You are queens of content and community and I'm in awe and I bow down and I love your, your life and your communities. And it's just, I'm so oh, happy to so be here. Sweet. Thank you. Oh How are you guys doing? That. <laughs> <laughs> We're having a great fucking week, Rachel. How yeah. are you doing? Yeah. Well, it's not a snowstorm today. I'm yeah, I'm in a tank top outside, which is exhilarating. And today's the first day of no masks. And I feel naked. I feel like I feel like I'm having a nightmare where I walk outside with no clothes on and I'm completely naked. You know, mm. and with, I'm just like no masks. Like it's it's so bizarre. It are you waiting to get in trouble? Like are you waiting for someone to give you like judgy some shame. glances or something? Yeah. <laughs> like I feel I feel topless. I feel like I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm like waiting for someone to, to like yell at me. It's so weird. <laughs> are you also though remembering how? nice it is to be like not sitting in your own breath all day <laughs> oh yeah especially in the allergy season when your mask just becomes a mm. tissue it just becomes mm. like mm-hmm. I remember this time last year yep no yeah. we're, we're lucky to be in this country mm. actually yeah we are yeah we are yeah right now feeling that so Rachel, uh, I have to say my daughter who's 17, just finally, after months and months of letting her know that she needed to download your app, finally did it the other day, the other day. And it has been so fun for the both of us to be like, where are your uh, hormone levels at right now? <laughs> where are you at in your cycle? What is happening? Send me your card. <laughs> so I just want to say like, you've got another user on your app which is amazing. And she's been really, really enjoying it in comparison to the other one that she was using. So great job on that. Oh my God. That means everything to me because I feel like my whole life is just trying to be cool for Gen Z. Um, <laughs> I just, I, I, I love Gen Z so much. Um, your daughter is also like one of the coolest, I mean, takes after her mama, but like, I saw her hair. I saw her, like she is, freaking like that's that's the biggest compliment I've ever heard um no they're just such an amazing cohort they're so accepting they're so gender fluid they're so like willing to share their cycles and share about their sexuality and they're just like they're the best so thank you for saying oh my god that made my day they are the best but can we just like pat ourselves on the back for be for like all of the fucking blood sweat and tears that we have put into making shit normal so that they mm. feel free to share their yes. cycle and stuff because like nobody yes. was doing that when I was a kid and now I'm like everybody get on this fucking app screenshot it send me where your hormones are so that I can decide if we can actually talk this week or not <laughs> you know and it's like I do I'm like yes Gen Z they're here to save us that's for sure but also it's because of the blood, sweat, and tears of their ancestors alive and dead. (laughs) Yes. Well said. And you guys, and also one of your recent um, podcast guests, Lise Wilcox, you were like the first people to find me and be like, wait, look, look at this, look at this. And I was like, oh my God, 
it was just like I was starstruck but yeah the three of you that was like my first like exposure so thanks for keeping your ear to the ground and and discovering everything (laughs) well thank you for creating something that is so needed not to mention that anyone who has a cycle syncing tracking app most of them and I don't mean any disrespect by this. Most of them are ugly as sin and <laughs> Stardust is the one is the single most beautiful, like interfaced app that I have ever experienced. It like makes me so excited to go in there and you guys will learn lots of tidbits about Rachel here in the next hour, but she is also, she's an artist like at her core and the graphics inside of there are so beautiful and so whimsical. And it's, it makes me excited to check it. Like that sounds, mm-hmm. this is, this is not sponsored by the way, like we're trying to raise capital for Stardust. Like this is not sponsored. <laughs> we just love it that fucking much. And I actually have a really um, fun share because on our last conversation that none of you guys got to hear, we were talking about, and we'll dig into the difference between these in just a second, but we were talking about how you can take a little quiz when you get into this app, which is the main reason we get everybody to download it so that you can figure out if you are a white witch or a red witch. And I will have Rachel explain what those are in just a second. But when I signed up for the app, I was a white witch and Joe was a red witch. And Mm -hmm. Rachel explained to us that the difference between those and the energy behind it and how that it correlated very closely with where we were kind of in our motherhood and creative journeys. And since our last conversation, my cycle has completely flipped. And now I am a red witch. Mm. Hmm. And I'm a red witch still. And I find that super interesting because James is 15 months old now and I've hired people to help me with her and my business is like blowing up and I'm in my creative a lot more and I'm less in that like baby on the tits season. And it's been so interesting (laughs) that my entire cycle changed. So question, Rachel, would you tell everybody, we'll just like kick off the witchy part right now. Can you like talk about the, the moon and the two witches and like where that, where that came from and what that even means? I would love to, and I'm not surprised you switched. Um, so, um, the moon in many ancient cultures has been associated with the divine feminine and just with the female. It, it receives the light of the sun. It has this yin energy. It uh, mathematically is synced to the menstrual cycle. So like, you know, like cavemen were like, wow, there, there's a connection here. Um, and according to ancient folklore, how we cycle with the moon has meaning. So uh, before uh, cell phones and blue light and, you know, everything we're inundating ourselves with, most women, and they found this even in like the 30s, like there's studies online you can see in the 30s and the 50s, um, most women were on the white moon cycle, which means that they bled at the new moon and they ovulated at the full moon. But there's always a portion of women that have the inverse of that cycle and that's the red moon cycle. And so white moon women are really in tune with the earth and are like the mother archetype. They're sort of in the phase of birthing and caring for babies and about to get pregnant. And that's the and just like really sort of like nurturing and red moon witches are like you know not workaholics but just like 
traditionally associated with the shaman priestess archetype there to sort of care for the white moon witches when they were having their periods. Um, they take in um, the energy of the full moon when they have their period and they ovulate when the moon is dark. And so they take, so that like, hold on, we got a helicopter. Um, that big full moon energy is sort of there for them when they're in, in having their period. And so they're, they're like sort of introverted. They're in their dark moon phase internally. And so they draw upon the energy of themselves and bring it outward. Um, and yeah, so I'm not surprised that, you know, that you're sort of moving past, you know, you're, you weaned your baby and now you're getting back into your career and working on things that you that you switched and you're drawing on the energy in, in yourself and projecting it outward as per the red moon the red moon so now joe and i are synced up which is super fun because yeah <laughs> makes perfect sense too <laughs> yeah well actually so we're going to be adding and i know we talked about this last time we're going to be adding two other archetypes the pink and the purple which are not mm. as like ancient and traditional but there are people in between these two cycles mm. and um and like the yogic tradition talks about the pink and the purple which um it's it's definitely not as popular, but it's in the literature. And so because we're super sciencey and official, we're like, okay, let's do our research. Now we're going to add it. And both of those, so one is when you have your period on the waxing moon, sorry, the waxing gibbous moon. And one is on the waning crescent moon. They're sort of when you're transitioning from a red witch to a white witch or from a white witch to a red witch cycle. And it just means you're in a state of your life where you're in between things. And so when you're on your way to the white witch cycle, you're sort of leaning into the more, you're on your way to the more nurturing mothering archetype. And the opposite is you're on your way to your more like shamanistic priestess magic archetype. And so we're, we're going to be adding those soon. And um, we're going to be adding finally sync with friends yes, so you can yes. see you know <laughs> yeah. we've been chipping away so you can see like who you're aligned with and that'll be really really fun oh my god I I'm so excited for that like I, I'm about to be like you guys every single person please download this ASAP because mm -hmm. yes I need to know exactly where all my friends are at before well, we can get be into criteria. a relationship with each other yeah. yeah you're like this is criteria now for whether we're gonna have you on the podcast or whether we're gonna be friends this week or whether we're gonna <laughs> co-create together I'll be like Joe we're both ovulating let's go invest and yeah. start, some, start some big shit like Rachel, I don't, just, just take us back a little bit. How did you come up with the inspiration for the app? Because a lot of people, you know, we're, we're obviously Kristen and I are gigantic fans. We love you already dearly. We know the app already. We've been using it for some time, but some of the listeners don't actually know what the fuck Stardust is. And so can you tell us a little bit about the app and also the origin story of where it came from? The real origin, the story. real origin. Okay. <laughs> okay the real, real origin story. So, um, I am not a doctor. Uh, I feel like this is like the disclaimer on your this podcast. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not, I, I mean, I'm in awe of all of you experts. Like I, you know, I have consulted with people like you, you know, reproductive psychiatrists, 
and, you know, sex coaches and hormone coaches and reproductive endocrinologists. And, um, but, you know, that's not me and I had to learn a lot. So I'm, I'm a designer and I am always just sort of tinkering with things and coming up with ideas. And one of my favorite places to come up with that I happen to come up with ideas with is like when I'm stoned in the bath. So I think that's how this happened. Um, Where I just, I like have to keep like a wet notepad next to my bath. Maybe it's because I have so much water in my chart. I don't know. But yeah, so I'm like, oh my God. Like, you know, I think I had been looking at that image of the moon circle that just sort of proliferates around the internet. And I was like, gosh, this sort of looks like a cycle tracker and the cycle and the moon and there's a connection here. And then I started researching and I, and I use cycle trackers, um, you know, as my form of birth control and they're just so ugly. And I was like, gosh, this, there's a, there's a lot of space here to make something nice and cool. And, you know, they're ugly, but they're like, also just like super clinical and they're also super cringy, like in their language and like, they're trying to be cool, but they're, it's like awkward. Um, and and so I just, you know, I, I sketched some things out. I did some designs and then I, and then I was like, I'm going to raise money and build an app. And I went around to some investors and they're like, oh, no, we need to see proof of concept. And I'm like, you know what, if I were a guy, I would just get money. Um, but anyway, so I was like, all right, I'm going to ask my friend if he can build this. And I just kind of like hustled my way through it and got this prototype out, took a long time. And it was built by this really cool understanding team of Indian men in India where periods are taboo. And, you know, at first no one wanted to work on it. And then I was just like, please work on it. And we, we got it out and yeah, that's, that's the story of how Stardust came to be. And also shout out to Molly Young, who was my writer. We had many writers on the app, but the funniest blurbs she wrote. And um, she's just, you know, literary critic at New York Magazine, writer at the New York Times. She's just a hilarious, brilliant genius and has two zines out right now. And I owe a lot of this to her. And so, yeah, so we just wanted to make something you know, it's not, sometimes you want something clinical when it's like really medical, but, and, you know, me, and a lot of women use this and another period tracker that is super official and like natural cycles or something where, you know, there's like a thermometer involved where you're really, you want something super sciencey, but you know, like, oh gosh, w- women are magical and our bodies are magical. And this, this just deserves to be elevated visually and celebrated and I just couldn't believe there was there was nothing out there that combined the moon and the menstrual cycle so yeah so I, I'm just you did it stoned I, in your bathtub you did it. It you and <laughs> did you took it. action and now it's here and I'm I'm one of those people I use you know natural cycles it's it's the only app that's FDA approved as birth control and it is and I've been using it I was a I was in like the first round of that I've been using it for over 5 years so it's an incredible tool but it's like I look to that one to tell me like oh you should wrap it up this day or don't have sex on this day or you know get creative with you know the semen that day like just keep it away from you <laughs> 
Uh, like I use that for that, but then I go to yours to get permission to nap or eat mac and cheese or like whatever. Like my, I look for my <laughs> prescription for the day based on yours and not that one. And so I think they really complement each other beautifully. And it's, it is, it's such a fun app to use, but you, and I love this about your personality, but you're like, oh yeah, insurmountable obstacles. And then I just kind of hustled through it and like did it. And that's so, so sunny and optimistic. And I fucking love that about you. But I'm also really curious. We didn't really get into like, first of all, where things have come a long way since you started, we're in like a whole new season. Now I feel like I see it all the time now. Like, I feel like you know, we've, we've, we've been sharing it. We've told all of our friends about it. They've told their friends about it. I'm seeing it a lot more. So I imagine that, you know, you're in a very different place than when we spoke back in December or whatever that was. And so I'd love to know where things are now also, as it applies to this process of getting money for this project, where there is still so much sexism in the tech and VC world, and you are an architect and an artist like by training, correct? And with this app, this gorgeous app that is fully functioning and can be downloaded places. Like you are now an app creator, like all of that. I don't know if there's a succinct question in there, but let's just talk about all of that. Well, first (laughs) of all, I I have to say, I have worked on so many things that have failed. Like I could, this is a whole other podcast of me to like talk about my failures. I should like hold a funeral party for all the things I have worked on that have not worked out. It's like literally a joke. Um, It's not easy. Like I don't, I can never predict what's going to like work and what's not. It's all just like luck. Um, And I just think, yeah, the timing was right. And women's movement happened and CoStar was out. And yeah, my friend who has an app development firm was like, you know, yeah, okay, we'll do it. And it was like, what? Okay. So Um, I hope it goes that well with raising money. I definitely at a point now where I can't ask people to work for free anymore and I need to raise money. So I, this week I'm like, I'm working on my pitch deck and, and then I'm going to go out and do it. I just, so yeah, what's happened is we built sync with friends. We're adding the two more, witch archetypes we're going to set that free probably really soon. Um, in a few days, we'll see. And, um, and then I'm going to go asking for money and I'm so nervous. The thought of asking for money makes me want to throw up. Um, but yeah, I'm just, I don't know, maybe I'll just like take a little clonopin and do it. Is anybody going to go with you? Do you have have a partner working with you in this who's going to go to pitch meetings or is it just you showing up with your gorgeous app? Like, all right, give me money guys. Um, I don't, I mean, do people, I I thought I was just going to do it on zoom. I have no idea. I've never done this before. Um, like ask me again and what happened in two weeks. I have no, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm just hoping I'm hoping to find some really cool understanding hip female investors that are like, that just like get it. And um, yeah. And then, and then that all sort of, gosh, I really want this to become like a sexy video game. Um, Not, not actually like a game, but just like have those like animations and like 
just like super out of, like just expensive, you know? So yeah. yeah, ready yeah, for it. yeah. What have been like some of your roadblocks in the past when it comes to either raising money or getting this app out? I mean, I'm pretty sure some of the women who are listening to this podcast or some of the folks that are listening to this podcast might be in a position that they're thinking about starting a company, starting some kind of project like this and is going to need to raise funding. And so in your own journey of it all, like what has been some of the roadblocks or things that have come up along the way? You know, I've been really afraid of raising money, not just because I'm nervous about the conversation like I just talked about, but because I I don't want to feel beholden to someone mm. and I don't want to be subjected to that culture where I'm expected to like work my ass off in a way that I did when I was 25 and literally burnt out and had to spend like years regaining my health. And I know that's what VCs want. You know, they want you to like pull all nighters and it's so celebrated, but I don't think, I don't believe in that culture. I don't think, I don't think it's a very matriarchal culture. Um, I don't stand for it. I believe that we should rest for the week of our period. And I believe we should work really, really hard, maybe two weeks of the month and then take it easy and just like live a well-rounded and sustainable life and a sustainable day where we like really integrate self-care into it and time. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I like to work, but I also like to do it slowly and methodically and not necessarily in that like Y Combinator, like, I don't know, you know, like the Silicon Valley bro culture way. So I've just been, I've been afraid of that, but I think the world has changed and I think there are just like different people out there who are willing to invest in, in different things and things like this. And so I'm hoping to find yeah, just the right people. Um, and you know, who speaks about this really well is um, Michelle from Holisticism. She did a podcast recently about um, raising money and she thought about raising money uh, for her business and ultimately decided not to because she wanted it to be more um, like healthy and sustainable for her, for her life. Um, so, and she talks about how there are just many different types of business. You know, there are these super exponential growth um, companies and then there are just lifestyle businesses where you're not making like so much money so fast, but your life is good. So I'm hoping to find about, actually, I want both. I want my life to be good and an exponential growth, but yes. I don't, yeah. <laughs> I don't yeah. know if that will, but you know what? Like, no, I'm, I'm putting like, I'm mid thirties. I'm putting myself first. Yeah. I, I, I've been there. I, I can't go, I can't go back to killing myself. So um, yeah, I'm going to find that balance. That's my goal. Mm. Well, you're, what you're talking about, what you're describing is working in harmony with your natural cycle as a, as a woman, as a person living in a woman's body, like you are talking about, you know, utilizing those peaks and dips in the month where we have more energy. And when we feel more focused and when we feel like we need supreme self-care and those cycles are completely normal and they are innate to all of us. And working, finding a way to work, even at this level, like seeking out investors and opportunities to 
support and pour into your business in a way that brings more energy and more life is only going to benefit the sustainability of what you're trying to build. And and I think Joe and I are both really excited by that because we're both working within, you know, our own business model and trying to structure things in a way that supports that. And so I want to ask you, cause you like me, like Joe, none of us are, um, certified hormone experts, but we are all self-described hormone nerds. And we've spent a lot of time <laughs> investing in our own education on the topic, figuring ours out. And so I would just love for you to share some things that you've learned about this, about the cyclicality of our creativity and our productive energy and, you know, how that connects to your passion for this project. Oh my God. I love hormones. I am like blown away by hormones. They're the freaking coolest things ever. And like the more I learn, there's just so much to be in awe of. Um, I, gosh, where do I start? Like, first of all, if you have a uterus, if you're male or female, if you have a uterus, you feel different every single day. You just do. You have different powers. You have different moods. You have different challenges. And that is so cool. Um, if you don't have a uterus, you, you you go through vague cycles, but you probably feel the same every day. So that's something to be celebrated and amazed at first baseline. Um, and I've just, gosh, like all the, re- like Elisa VT, the stuff I've learned from, from studies, from so many different experts, like, you know, we, we, I always just thought you're, you like have your cycle and then you have like PMS and that's horrible. And then you have your period and that's horrible. And then you have energy again, but it's like, there are so many nuanced things that you're good at or bad at. And if you, if you know ahead of time, you can like plan your life around it and plan your work and your sex and your social life. And it's like, and then you're like in the seat of power and you just feel a sense of control that is, and, and, and like calm and like you're, you just like have a grasp on your energy, which is just everything. Um, my favorite thing that I've learned lately, which I love remembering, especially when I'm in it, is that like PMS, like when you're feeling like angry, that's just energy that needs to be released in a creative way and so in like when you're when you like lash out at like anger or you feel destructive or you're mean just like if you just like go and like take a pencil and color like that's what you just like release it that way and it's just it's just knowing that has just I don't know it's just sort of made me more relaxed about that time of my cycle my other favorite thing that I've learned is the second half of your cycle, the luteal phase. So after you ovulate, the, the, the next two weeks before you get your period um, are the best time to get things done. To like, like your brain is sort of wired to like go through your to-do list and just like finish up tasks. 
And I always thought it was the opposite. I was always like, oh, like that's when your energy kind of decreases and then you get your period. It's like, no, it's just a different type of energy. Like the first half of your cycle, you're more extroverted and you should like go out, have conversations, learn things. Like your brain is like primed for learning. But in the second half of your cycle is when you really like get stuff done. It's almost like your body knows, like you're going to get your period, like finish everything so that you can rest. Mm-hmm. And so what I save stuff, I'm like, Oh, I'll just do this during my luteal week. Like I'll do this then. Like, and it, it works. It's so great. I, I need to figure out how to build like a calendar integration. So this like just shows up a little blurb at the top of your calendar every day. That's like, this is a good day for doing stuff or not, or not partying. That's already, that's like what's missing <laughs> from the entire equation. It's like, okay, I have all this. I mean, yeah. I sent you before screenshots of my fucking folder where I organize my life based on like my cycle and the moon and all this shit. And then I have to go into my calendar and do the planning manually. And it would be so mm-hmm. great if it integrated into the calendar and was like, this is the week where you are fucking untouchable, like go do stuff. And then this is the week where you're exactly what you're talking about. Closing energetic loops, because then when your period shows up, you get to just lay down and like Jay-Z, your flow will be insane. And you can just like <laughs> chill. <laughs> it's so funny that you say the, the calendar singing thing, because like Chris and I are always like, is there a way to actually integrate any of these apps into calendar? Because every single time I'm like, babe, I'm on like unfuckable with energy. He's like, what part of your period are you on? Where are you at in your cycle? <laughs> like he's like the first to be like, where are your hormones at? I'm like, <laughs> yeah. Educating Mike on that process was so funny. Like we've been together for eight years now. And so the shit he says now, like it's so normal in our household, but like eight years ago, Mike would have been like, you're fucking insane. If you think I'm going to be with a girl who is literally tracking her shit by the moon and all this stuff. It's so funny. Like he, he says he got hijacked by a hippie and he didn't realize it was happening. Like this guy, when he, when he, entered adulthood there's no like he had no concept in his mind if he ever procreated he did not imagine his wife like having a baby while doing orgasmic breathing in their kitchen and eating an onion <laughs> bagel like he did not sign up for that <laughs> oh my god sure he thought he would be in a hospital like a normal person oh my god. so funny it's amazing so funny <laughs> oh my god well yeah I really I want to so many people have been asking for partner integration problem is partners don't want to then download the app like oh I don't want to have to like deal with this and so we're trying to figure out a way to just like send them sms checks but like that can be expensive yeah yeah email or sms and then the reason why no one integrates it into calendars is because if it's like if it's in the calendar then you won't open the app and then the app won't get as many like Mm. sessions per day but like who gives a shit like no we need this we (laughs) need this Those, those busy ass women who are out there trying to be all in sync with their moon and their cycle need calendar integration <laughs> for sure. Yeah. For we'll sure. We got a membership it. for your brilliance and tech support. Maybe that would, that, maybe <laughs> that's what it. it would be. Maybe there's like a membership portion that actually gets that feature. Who knows? Yeah. Thoughts and ideas. Well, that's what I'm going to have to do for, yeah, I'm going to have to do freemium. That's the business model. Yeah. So making yeah. it so that there aren't like annoying pop-ups being like, do the premium, like, yeah. this, like, as long as it, there's not like flashing in front of you all the time, then I think it'll be okay. People won't hate it so much. No. <laughs> well, and we just need to um, normalize Queens paying for looks, feeling high quality shit that makes your life better. Like let's stop nickel and diming people for their brilliance. Can we do that? <laughs> 
Yeah, that's a whole thing. People hate paying for apps. Like even if it's like one ninety nine, they're just like, nope. Like I've only an Apple. Like the fact that they have like a top free and top paid, they, like, they discriminate against paid apps. So yeah, but then again, I think they want you to do membership. Um, but people are so averse to paying and they want free stuff, but like, oh my God, like I have to eat and like, this is my job. And I, like, I, I need, like, I'm sorry. Like I work really hard to make it like, please. Um, yeah, we need to normalize that. Thank you for saying that. Oh, of course. So what is your Joe? I think Joe asked you this question last time. And so I'm just going to, I'm going to snake it. No, <laughs> she's so good at asking this question. I always give her credit for being the friend in my life who will like, shit is going crazy. And we're like, what's going on? Like on a surface level. And then she'd be like, but like, what are your desires? Are your, like <laughs> deepest desires. Like, I would love to know at, at this point in the game, like things have already, there's, there's so much the fact, like you never imagined having an app to begin with, and now you do, and now it's doing great. And it's to this next round. Like you, you touched on it a little bit. You would like it to be this very luxurious, whimsical, like a lot more interactive on that level, as far as what you want for the app. But what is your desire, like your deep seated desire for the people who experience the app and the app's impact in the world? Um, so yeah, so for the app, I, I wanted to like look super sexy instead of my amateur graphic design. And I also want to integrate, and I know we talked about this, um, just like all the context of cycle syncing. Um, you know, what phase you're in, just so much more knowledge and wisdom around like the nuances of like where you are in your cycle. What does it mean? What does it mean for every aspect of your life? You know, work, sex, diet, exercise, um, you know, conversation ability, like just everything, superpowers you have. Um, and then for that to help guide people and serve as a tool to to just like plan around so that people can like, you know, conserve their energy and use their energy and just, just be in like a more powerful and relaxed place. Um, so yeah, I just want this to be just a really better product um, for that. Yeah. But yeah, I guess, I guess that's it. I want it, I want it to, um, I just wanted to elevate our experience in, in, in life. Well, I totally believe that cycle syncing will help <laughs> you make more money and have better sex, which will then help you elevate every other area of your life and do more good in the planet. So yeah. everyone should get on that. Now, <laughs> chop, chop. <laughs> you know, the last time that we talked, we, we were talking a lot about um, ancient Egypt and the history behind that. Mm. And we kind of dove into just the divine feminine and how it's always been around and always like just it was revered before. I mean, it was, it was something that like we put on a pedestal and, and now we just, we're starting to get there. We're starting to get to a place where like the feminine energy is really kind of being put in the spotlight. And I just kind of want to know a little bit about just your own research on the moon and the divine feminine. What has that been like? What are some of the things that you've discovered lately? If there's anything new or what has turned you on about both of those things? Mm, so Yes. So I, I mean, I would go as far to say, I think I might've said this last time, no matter where 
you are from in the world and who your ancestors were and what culture that you descended from. Your people worship the moon in some way as just this celestial body that governed the reproduction of everything, right? Like we like plant things according to the moon cycle. Farmers for millennia have been planting things and farming things. And so many other animals time their reproduction to the moon and things flower with the moon. And so, yeah, I'm in love with the moon um, and its association to the divine feminine. And one thing that has amazed me lately is how many, gosh, I guess because it's like so American, we're on the like Gregorian calendar and but like, no, so many people still stick to the lunar calendar. Like, you know, the Islamic calendar is the lunar calendar. The Jewish calendar is the lunar calendar. Like most of Asia is still based on the lunar calendar. Um, and I just love that it still exists today, but you only see like fragments of it in religion and in like ancient cultural heritage dates. Um, and then like the farmer's almanac and, you know, witchy pagan holidays. So yeah, there's just such like a rich cultural history that, that still exists. And I, I hear about it and I see it and it's like, oh my gosh, like this is still a thing and let's bring it back. And I think just as a whole, we're, we're moving like the, all the astrologers I consulted for this, some of the most amazing people I've ever met. Um, shout out to my favorite Mira Epstein, um, who is just such an expert in this. She's this amazing octogenarian who really specializes in, gosh, really all of astrology, but especially like ancient Babylonian stuff and nerds out on all of this cultural stuff. She, um, she and, and others have suggested that we're moving into this, you know, so-called Aquarian age, um, into this more female matriarchal way of life. And I, by female, I don't mean women, um, everyone, whether you're, you know, non-binary or male or female, like everyone has this feminine energy and it's a more understanding egalitarian culture, um, Cryptocurrency is considered uh, very matriarchal because it's so egalitarian. And um, yeah, just the, the movement toward reparenting and psychological awareness and, you know, so much of the work and, and, and connection and so much of the, the, the things that people are seeing online and the communities that are being created and men kind of leaning into their emotional selves and their more feminine side and all the different men's groups that are working on this. Um, I think we're seeing a big cultural shift. Um, and I'm really excited about that in general. Yeah, it's been really beautiful to witness men rising into their consciousness on the emotional side. 
And it's one of those things where I'm always like, yes, thank, thank God that we're at this place where we're getting the true support that we need as women to actually rise into our divine feminine and to just stand firmly in all of that. Because for a long time and still even till, till today, we're still living under patriarchal systems and we're all still so oppressed by that. But it's nice to kind of feel that we're moving towards a direction where everyone's starting to feel a little bit more supported. And held. I think held is the word. Well, because the sustainability of the rise of the feminine is largely in part to the, the, the masculine being brought along, like masculine consciousness being raised and brought along, you know, because we're not, we're not here like trying to, um, I, I think there are a lot of people who are, afraid of this feminine rising that is happening that is being felt because they think that it's they think that we're going to turn around and do to them what the patriarchy has done to the feminine for you know centuries now and that's not actually what is happening it is a re it's a rebalancing it's a a redistribution it is a, a healing and grounding and nourishment of like cracked forgotten dry places and i just am so excited you know, by that and by the harmony that is being restored that should have always been. And it was so interesting what you're saying about how all of our ancestors, you know, worshiped the moon and to have matriarchal societies, it was way more common. And you were saying it gets kicked out kind of in like, you know, religious circles. And that's because as we all are aware, like Western religion is based solely in the patriarchy and even the feminine aspects of God that were there in the very beginning, as far as Sophia being the feminine face of God and the Holy Spirit being referred to with feminine pronouns and things like that was literally filtered and written out by, by dudes. And so it's just remembering that, you know, for those people who still think that there's some sort of like pagan witchcraft or something to like moons and things. It's like the moon is one of the most cosmic divine creations of all time. And how can you believe in a, an eloquent creator without believing in that creation, I guess. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well said. Mm. Beautiful. Yeah. I just spoke to, um, my friend who's making wine and was like, you know, I'm doing like biodynamic wine and it's like, oh, that's like even beyond organic. And she was explaining it to me and it's like, she was like, yeah, you know, it's not just that we use like all the organic things. It's that um, we plant and harvest the wine in tune with the moon. And then we like, we like worship ancient Roman winemaking rituals, which is, you, you know, you bury the ram's horn at the full moon. And I'm like, oh my God, this is straight up witchcraft. I love it. But like, I bet it makes for better wine. Yeah. Say that it doesn't. <laughs> say that it doesn't. I mean, if if when our lives are like synced to the moon and the way that we set intentions are under the moon and the things that we release are under the moon, then shouldn't the things that we eat and consume be really amazing once the energy of the moon is infused into it? Totally. Yeah. Any good farmer knows. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's because we are all, I mean, we're all cyclical beings. It's like the food, food is seasonal. Like everything is for a reason and a season. And so it's just making friends with that and 
in normalizing that where mm. it's just, and I think we do that a lot. We, Joe and I do a good job of this in our relationship of just normalizing seasons where you get out of the bed and you don't feel like doing shit. Like you have the list, you have the same like vision, you have the same heartbeat, all the things. And yet you don't feel at all motivated to work on it. And that is instead of having an existential crisis, every time that happens, just trusting that if you take cues from your surroundings and you rest that when you are fully charged, you're, you'll wake up and it will be there. Like the inspiration will be there. The creativity will be there. The, the drive to move will be there. It's just trusting that it will always come back. Even if you go through a season where it, it seems really diminished or like it, it has abandoned you just knowing that if you rest and you lean into those seasons, it always comes back. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. It's funny. I've been, I, I, I love that you said that because one of the things I've been talking to my clients about lately is this idea and concept of seductive strategy and only moving when work or when work or sex or relationships are seducing you into that movement and then and drawing you out with desire and seduction and it's been something at least for me I've been really trying to embody in my own life of like you know what is this thing seducing me to do the thing that I need to do or is it me forcing myself onto it because you know when you force an orgasm it's never great but when there's seduction there, there's just a lot more expansion and opportunity for play and exploration. And then it always feels better. Totally. I agree with that statement. And you reminded me of something else, which is, which is pretty interesting. So years ago, I went to this lecture of the artist Marina Abramovich and at the end, I was like, I like stayed after and I asked her, I was like, what's the most powerful experience you've ever had in your life? Because she's done so much and she's been all over the world and she was like doing all sorts of energy work. And I'm like, I'm curious, this woman has, this woman knows. And she was like being with the aboriginals in Australia. And, and then I wanted to ask why, but then, you know, she got whisked away. And I was recounting this to my friend who's a documentary filmmaker. And she was like, that's really weird and funny because I spent like months trying to do a documentary about the Aboriginals in Australia. And I could like, we couldn't get any material because they only do things if they feel like it. And we couldn't get them to do they didn't feel Anything. like being documented. They, they're just like, yeah, no, I'm not going to go and do this thing unless I feel like it. And later on, I met Marina Abramovich again. And I said this to her and she said, she was like, they are the most in tune with the earth of any people I've ever met. They're just like ancient, like connected to the earth. And it's like, yep, that's, that's what we need to live by and keep in mind. So I love that. What is it? Seductive? Seductive strategy. Seductive strategy. Yes. So good. Mm. So juicy. Every time I think about that, I'm like, yeah, is this, is this work seducing me back Mm -hmm. into the thing that I want to do? And if it's not, then it's not acting on seductive strategy. So there's no point in me doing it. Mm -hmm. It's just not going to come out well. No. You're yeah. better off waiting. Like it's, it's going to be better if you really feel it with your body, if you, if you want it, you know? Yeah. Well, the perfect metaphor for this is literally last night I had 
you know, a call with clients planned in, in the evening. And I had driven an hour and 15 minutes to visit my sister-in-law at, she's the closest family member slash only physical friend I have in this space. And so I, she's been in, you know, in, uh, isolation with me the whole time. We, we expanded our bubble to each other because she's got my daughter's little cousin who is six months older than her and they're best buddies. And so we went out to see them for the day and I always leave around three 30 in the afternoon, get home, you know, right before five and make dinner and get her down to bed and then go on with my evening. And yesterday when I looked at the traffic, as I was about to leave, it said it was going to take me an hour and 40 minutes to get home instead of like an hour and 15. And it had already taken me two hours to get there because of unforeseen traffic. And we're like approaching James bedtime. And I was like, this is horrible. And so I'm like looking and watching this, this crash develop. And it's like, oh, if you leave at, you know, 4.30, you'll only get home like 30 minutes later, but it'll be a straight shot. And you won't have to, like, you don't have to stop. And it won't be a slow, horrible ride. It'll be like, you'll get there still around the same time, but with so much more ease. And so I decided to wait. And, you know, we won't go and we won't overwork the analogy, but essentially like I ended up leaving much later and just, I just decided that the, the call that night was not going to happen. Like it was going to stress me out to try to be sure that I was home. I was going to have a hard experience with my child who had needs coming about because of the time of day it was. And so I just made the call to stay up there longer. We, my sister-in-law and I took the kids and went out to dinner and we just like sat and had dinner and waited for like rush hour to be over. And then I gave her a bottle and her blanket and put her in the car and sailed on home. I got home at like eight o'clock. And because of that, she slept until seven 30 this morning and then went down late for a nap on a day when I could not get a sitter or anyone to cover me for this podcast interview. And so she's sleeping through this interview because she was up late last night, but it was just this working the with the flow, just going <laughs> with the flow instead of trying to stress myself out and stay in this rigid template that, you know, I, that we, a lot of us feel like we have to, in order to make it work. And I just, I mean, I literally reached out to my clients and I was like, Hey guys, does anybody care if we like double up next week and do Tuesday, Thursday, and just have like a, a, you know, double dose of partying. And they were like, no, let's do that. That sounds so great. Somebody's husband was throwing up. Like it was a whole thing. It was meant to happen. <laughs> and so I think this concept of just releasing the rigid templates and just really being present and seeking pleasure and seduction, like in those moments, instead of trying to force, you know, our, our agenda, it's like, what is actually being presented to us and what is being shown and what are the long-term ripple effects of us surrendering to that process? Like my, I was stressed all week about not having coverage for this afternoon and it took care of itself when I just released my expectation of how the day was supposed to play out. Yeah. What I love about your example is that like, not like when you went with your, with the flow and with your instincts, everything else like mysteriously aligned, like, wow. Yeah. Love that. And so it's just harnessing, it's harnessing this power, this wisdom that we all have. And that's something I'm so turned on by right now in my business, which is I mean, it's, it's very much, if I don't feel like being on social media and quote unquote selling or talking about anything, I just don't do it. I do not show up because I know that if my energy is not in it, it doesn't translate. I have had, thankfully I had a swift lesson where it's like, if I show up and I try to force this, I've spent all this begrudging energy that I didn't want to give that took away and depleted another area. And then 
I don't get any response because nobody wants to respond to that. Like nobody is attracted to that. Whereas I am in my full magnanimous power when I am so inspired and so turned on and so energized. And so typically if I have an offering that I am inviting people into or initiating people into, I do it. I always, it it always comes around like ovulation time where I'm like, literally, you know, guys at the grocery store are like tripping to get me carts and open the door for me. And they're like interacting, (laughs) like they don't know what's going on, but they're interacting with my, you know, erotic feminine energy in a very respectful way. It's just like, they have no choice, but to do what they're doing. And I am like allowing that to happen because I know what's happening. And it's just, but it's that same energy that moves people to engage with my work because that same energy and that same heart and that same intentionality that I'm feeling in my body and seeing other people experience out in the real world, I'm pouring that into my work and that calls people. And so I could literally make my whole month, the week that I'm ovulating and then take a freaking break and rest and chill out and have better or the same results. If I busted my ass all month long to try and make shit happen, like I can get more done in a single week than I can trying to make shit happen every week for four weeks. Yeah. You're like blasting out power when you're ovulating. It's crazy. There's like a magnetic force around you. I swear it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. And like your, your voice gets higher, like your waist gets small, like all these like little micro transformations happen. You, and that's, and then there's like pheromones that are just like projecting out of you. Like it is wild. Um, yeah, I love it. You are an indomitable procreating force and you can use that energy uh, to create anything. You do not have to create a baby with it. It can be used for literally anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Creator gods. We are all creator gods. Mm -hmm. So yummy. Yeah. I also just realized that I haven't brushed my teeth today. (laughs) (laughs) Motherhood. (laughs) Rachel, this conversation was so beautiful. Is there anything else that you would like to just share from your heart that we haven't shared? What's coming up for you in this present moment? Uh, Let me see. Um, Yeah, you know, I, because I just feel so, even though this is a public podcast, so like vulnerable and comfortable being vulnerable with you guys, um, I'm, I'm trying, I think I'm going to try and get pregnant soon, which probably doesn't align with like fundraising and working, whatever, but like, yeah, that's, Rachel. that's my next creative Rachel. project. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, mama. Celebrating you and holding you in this mm-hmm. moment. Thank you for sharing that. God. Send me good luck. Yeah. Man. Yeah. I'm vaccinated now and I'm like, I've been waiting for this. And now I'm like, okay, I feel safe. Like masks off, yeah. vaccine is in. Like, yeah. it was my time. Well, and being <laughs> able to relax and feel safe in your body. Like that's half of the, pro- mm-hmm. the, the work. That's half the fertility work right there is feeling relaxed and safe and not stressed the fuck out. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're ahead, ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, a baby, Rachel. It's going to be so oh. magical. A baby oh stardust. Stardust, stardust baby. Stardust baby. Oh, oh you're going to have a great baby shower. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I'm just going to have a great time making a baby first. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, That's the best uh, part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Le- we all know your story, Kristen. So good. <laughs> best story ever. I think I have told, it has been told on the podcast before. You guys will, you can go fish through all the episodes and find it. <laughs> it was very Everyone unreal. fish through all the episodes. It is worth it. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> well, that's, oh my God. Yes. You heard it here first. Rachel's making a baby. Working on that. We'll be She's making a baby. You. She's fundraising. She's doing all She's the things. She's doing all the things in alignment with her feminine power and just being, she's, you're really freaking tuned in. So yeah. I have, I have no doubt that everything you set your uterus to, you will accomplish. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. I hope so. Well, as you know, we sometimes <laughs> we sometimes like to end the show with questions and we sometimes don't. But today, I think, feels like a good question day. So we pull these mm. questions from one of my favorite conversation card games, which is we're not we're not really strangers. And we've got some questions for you. And Rachel, this one's this. And, and for all those listening, we end up answering all the questions that we ask our guests also. So Rachel, the first question is, which one of your mistakes taught you the most this past year? And what did it teach you? Mm. Oh, man. Let me think on this one. Um, Not like a little one. That's like a doozy question. I'm like, I don't have an answer for this question. I'm like, I have like, oh, can I get two two days to respond to this? Um, Let's see. You know, I can't think of a specific mistake, but I remember reading about how Melinda Gates, and maybe this has to do with just her recent like divorce and like a general awakening. She just said like, she's not going to lie anymore. She's done lying. And that even means white lies. And I, and I'm like, I decided to subscribe to that a few months ago, or yeah, I guess this winter, I was just like, you know, I'm just not gonna lie anymore. I'm not gonna, I'm just gonna tell the truth, even if it's awkward, even if it makes someone uncomfortable, and then just like deal with the guilt of that, because setting boundaries makes you feel a little guilty, and that's totally fine. And so I have just, I quit lying. I'm just, I've given up on lying, and I've started setting boundaries. So but I think I like got caught in some lies that were my mistakes. I just can't really remember them conveniently, but um, that's how I learned from it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. That's for sure. Like, I don't feel good. Like this isn't like healthy for my body. I'm just going to not do it. And, and yeah, so thanks Melinda Gates. Mm. Mm. Love that. Isn't, um, and I, I could be wrong. I think, is it, Martha Beck, her, her big thing is like, she calls it radical honesty or radical transparency. And that's all about, it's literally doing that. It's literally like just saying the thing and even little stuff. Like I think listeners and you guys might be like, Oh, does, does Rachel just like lie a lot? And it's like, we all do. And it's, it's not like big lies. It's always lies of convenience and comfort. It's like, Oh, do you want to come to my dry wedding this weekend for my sister-in-law's cousin? And you're like, no, I, the truth is no, I don't, because that sounds like not fun at all. And I don't have an intimate connection with that person, but the nice part of us that wants to please people and not hurt feelings would be like, Oh, you know what? I'm so sorry. I can't. 
that insert maybe slightly fictitious reason that sounds totally great and sounds a lot better than just being like, no, I don't want to. And so there yeah. is an interesting thing that happens where, and I, I remember, I can't remember who talked about this, but it was an entrepreneur that I looked up to at the time was talking about how that leaves energetic drains. That's an energetic drain. Mm. Every time like somebody sends you an email and it's something, you know, you do not want to do. You don't have the capacity to do. And instead of just being like, thank you so much for thinking of me. I am not at capacity for that right now. And you know, I don't know when I will be again. Like that's very final. Whereas most people are like, Oh, thank you so much for thinking of me. Um, I actually have a lot going on, but like, let me get back to you about la 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 la. And then they don't ever get back to that person, which feels out of integrity for that person, but also leaves the other person like hanging on the line, waiting to hear back from them. And it is an energetic suck for both people. And so when you're just honest, you close the energetic loop, you like shut that off so that you're retaining all of your energy and you're allowing them to retain all of their energy. Yeah. Yes. Actually all of, all of my lies that I was like feeling uncomfortable about were about canceling plans yeah. and making I just reasons. didn't. Yeah. Like making up reasons. And then like, I would run into the person or like, I, you know, I would be on social media and I was like, told them I was asleep, but like, there I am on Instagram. <laughs> like, and I just started to feel like spiral and feel shitty about it. And I was like, this is not worth it. But getting those lines, like you said, like having like a, a, a just like a, having them stored, even like on your phone in a list of like, Hey, like I really need some time to myself. Like, Oh God, Joe, I loved your line of, um, soul sabbatical, like just beautiful, you know? And, and, and then you're not creating guilt. You're someone's proud of you for saying that, which I never thought was a thing. Um, yeah. So you guys have really good language around that. Mm. I love that. I think, um, you know, in, in terms of like one of my, my mistakes, this, the, one of my mistakes this past year, it's probably similar to the similar, similar note to that. You know, I think I spent a lot of time people pleasing, um, and trying to accommodate way too much. And it's one of the mistakes that I have made in the past year. And the thing that I think it taught me was, was similar when, when you withhold information information or when you withhold your truth, then you don't give the other person the ability to stand up and take responsibility for themselves or their own actions. And then it leaves everybody in a shit show of a spiral. And I was like, you know, if I want myself to be sovereign and if I want the people around me to be sovereign, I just need to be radically transparent about anything that's happening and apologize later of just like, this is just my truth and that's it. Like there's, there's nothing else left. Totally. Yeah. So good. How about you, Kristen? What's mm. one of the mistakes that you've, mistakes. you've yeah. You know, it's so year. funny because there are actually, I'm, I'm that person. Like there are actually very few things that I consider a mistake. Like there's a lot of things I do that are don't pan out great or aren't awesome, but they definitely teach me a lesson or bring me clarity or something like that. And so I don't actually consider any of those things mistakes. To me, a mistake is definitely something that I regret, that I wish I'd started doing better sooner or that I had figured out sooner or something. And so when I even think of the word mistake, the only thing that comes to my mind um, in the recent, recent past uh, is it was this year was that I had, you know, I've been on like a lot of people, I think I've been on a, an intensified, very much more intentional 
anti-racism journey over the past year and a half than I have ever been. And there Mm -hmm. was, I was actually really concerned, um, especially when the whole black squares thing went down. Like I was really concerned about being performative. I was like, I would much rather do this work for real, like in real life and not share all of that shit on social media, because I don't want people to think that I'm doing it for the wrong reasons. And so there was almost an opposite situation happening where I was doing the work I was showing up and like working through things at a slow pace and paying educators to teach me and doing all of these things. And I wasn't talking about it with the same, um, openness and vulnerability that I talk about so many other things. And it's because I know the least about that. And because I felt really uncomfortable and I didn't want anyone to think that I was positioning myself as an expert and I didn't want to misspeak and I didn't want to offend anyone, you know, anywhere. And I just felt so vulnerable. And I, and so I wasn't sharing, I was not talking about the journey. I wasn't talking about what that looked like. And I, thankfully I had a friend reach out to me, you know, to, to call me out, but also in with so much compassion. And she was like, Kristen, the only reason I'm calling you is because I respect you so much. And I need to tell you the ways in which you are not getting it. Like you're doing such amazing work in all of these areas. And so many people like listen to you and look up to you and you have a responsibility to do better at this. And I feel like it's probably because you're worried about like, you know, offending somebody or hurting their feelings. You're like, but honestly, you know, you are not taking action because it's uncomfortable. And like, I think you could afford to get a little more uncomfortable when like, we're all still dying out here. And I was like, Oh, like talk about conviction. (laughs) Like it was just like, yeah, that's like, there's nothing else to say besides thank you. And yes, like that is true. And so I think, you know, just a a mistake I've made in the past has been being too PC when it comes to anti-racism stuff, just because, and it, it wasn't even because I was worried about offending white people. I was worried about offending black people and people of color. I was worried about doing it wrong or saying it wrong and hurting them more And so I was not taking as much much action or I wasn't as willing to show up and and do messy, imperfect stuff. And I think just having her point that out to me in such a blatant way um, was really, really impactful and has changed the way that I approach stuff a lot. And so I am really grateful for that opportunity and also um, the lesson. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Good, yeah. Good work. Don't need it. It's, it's necessary work. It's the yeah. work that we should all be, be doing. doing. And mm-hmm. I'm just grateful that I had somebody in my life who was compassionate about it. She didn't owe me any compassion and she did offer me a lot. And I'm really grateful to her for that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This question's a little bit lighter. <laughs> we love to end on a light note. <laughs> Well, first, let's talk about our mistakes. We're like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> let's pull like, ourselves let's out. Let's hold that. ourselves yeah. accountable. <laughs> this one though, Rachel, what is the most fun you can remember having recently? What were you doing and who was it with? Um, oh man, I I became like you know those friendships where it's like 
it just gets so intense so fast and you're like best friends right away and you're like a little codependent and you're like we know we're a little codependent but we're having fun and it's like it's been a month and we've like covered all the topics and we've like plugged a usb cord into each other's brains and now we're best friends and it's like a little dangerous territory and now we're and now we have to be like go back to normal life i had one of those with uh this gay couple that lives around the corner from me and it's like because of the pandemic um you know it's like your friends with who at least in new york city it was like whoever lives in your building or on your block or near you like that's who you hang out with because like no one was going on the subway and no one anyway i like i just started going and hanging out with these guys every single night we'd walk our dogs together and we would eat it we would have wine every night and it just it, it's like unhealthy we're, we're like a little family now and um yeah just I and this is just the last few months just like the end of it and now I'm kind of I'm like I'm glad the pandemic is nearing an end but like I kind of miss our like our little crew um anyway just so much fun cooking and hanging and joking and yeah I just I love those super quick whirlwind friendships. Aren't they the best? They are. It's like a lot of sweaty and fun affair. I know it is. Oh, gosh. Fast and dirty friends. Yeah. Yeah. God, it's the best. What about you, Joe? No, you go next. Well, first when she was describing, I was like, we don't know anything about that, do we, Joe? <laughs> I mean, you guys like, had that. I was like, are you talking about our friends? I was like, are you, what? <laughs> like, except for we called out the codependency thing and we we're really good with boundaries now. <laughs> and then we decided to go into business together. <laughs> so we could keep going. Literally, we are coming up on our one year anniversary. Would oh, anyone believe that? Like, I don't remember when that was July or something. I think July so. Year? Somewhere on there. Like it's crazy. To I think it's like June year. or May. May or okay. June. Okay. We have to look. We have to look. We're close to our one year for anniversary, but it feels like we have been through many lifetimes together and we're potentially even lovers in one of those lifetimes. Probably so more than likely. Very, according yeah. to the pattern. According yes, to the, according to the pattern. In, <laughs> intimately linked in many lifetimes. <laughs> you know, I think oh, the most. I love it. The most fun I've had, um, the most fun I've had was actually recently with Olivia, my 11 year old. She came home from uh, being at her dad's house and then she quickly changed and then ran downstairs into my like studio bedroom. And she was like, okay, I get to choose your clothes. And I was like, oh, okay. So we're, 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 you're doing this now. She goes, yep. And this is what you're wearing. And it was literally like the polar opposites of what she had on. So she had this like white dress. I had this black dress she wore. She's, she's big enough to wear my blazers. You guys, like she's in my jackets, which is really weird. And she can also wear my shoes and she's only 11. So I just, I'm like watching them grow every single moment I blink. But uh, we were taking pictures and just like hanging out the whole day. But it was also feeling really silly because it was like, I am not the mom who likes to dress my kids looking like me, but my daughter wanted to dress me looking like her. And it just, (laughs) we had the best girl date time. And it just reminded me of how important it is for parents to take your kids out on a date. 
And it's been a while since we've done that just because of the pandemic, but, um, and because I have two of them now, it's a little bit harder uh, to kind of switch them off, but it just reminded me of like how, how vital and critical that is to do that. But we had so much fun taking Polaroids everywhere and just being super silly and eating sushi and just, yeah, running around like girls, literally like girls. So cute. So good. So good. I will not be able to get off the floor for like a year when James can wear my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) What about Um, you? Fun. Okay. The most fun. It was a couple weeks ago when for the first time in her whole life, I hired James sitter for like to put her to bed so that Mike and I could go out for a romantic date by ourselves. And we did, I mean, we did the whole thing. Like I wore a bra that pushed my boobs back up to where they used to be and a sheer (laughs) shirt and like sexy shoes. And actually like I put effort into my appearance for the first time in a really long time. And we did like pre-dinner drinks and our dinner reservation was at 8 PM. And there was, I mean, it was like a grown up bona fide date. It was so fun, but the, the most fun was the very beginning because we got the baby situated I sneak out the front door so she can't hear us go out the back door because it's next to her playroom. And so we like sneaky sneak run away. We get to the bar or it's it's like a cocktail, a little fancy schmancy cocktail bar where we're going to have our pre-dinner drinks. And it's just, it's like we haven't been on a date since by ourselves. I mean, since she, we went on one for my 30th birthday in Nashville where she stayed, she was six months old. She stayed with one of my best friends. And when I got back at 11, she was awake and crying. So I was traumatized and, and we, I haven't left her since. And so now, you know, like eight or nine months later, we're going out and we just forgot like how to fucking be out in public. Like it really, there was a a 30 or 40 minute integration period where we had to remember how to be out in society. Like we're walking in to this cocktail bar and Michael does not realize that the front door is a, um, it's a electronic door. Like it's got the handicapped accessibility, which is awesome. So there's a button you push to open the door. And so I don't realize this yet, but he's in front of me, apparently trying to pry this door open with his like physical strength and struggling. And I guess as he's doing it, he makes eye contact with these guys who are like sitting in the booth behind the door. It's like all glass and they're right here. So he sees them. And as we're walking in, They're like, oh, hey, welcome to the bar. And I, of course, being the bitch that I am, I'm like, do they fucking own the bar? Like, why are they welcoming us to the bar? And Mike's like, because I made weird eye contact with them trying to fight this door open. And they probably felt like they should say something. And I was like, oh my God. So then we get in and there's like a bunch of switching around and trying to figure out like a place to sit inside because it was really busy. And I won't bore you with the whole story, but essentially a couple minutes later, I end up on the other side of this door to look at this booth that these people were in, they leave. And so I'm like going over there, scouting it out. And I am like trying to come back to Mike at the bar, right. When somebody pushes the button to open this door. And so like, I'm standing in this full bar in like high heels and the door is just like opening and I'm getting backed into a corner and I literally can't do anything about it. Like, I just have to wait until it's over. Like I'm just, but the door is transparent. So everyone in the bar can like see it happening. And I'm just standing here like, (laughs) okay. (laughs) Oh God. It just took us a couple of tries. And then we finally ended up at the bar with a very strong cocktail. 
And then we just, because we don't go out anymore and we're parents, we get drunk really fast. So we had like two boozy cocktails <laughs> and we're giggling and talking about the dumbest stuff. And it was just, it was so fun. It was so, mm. so fun. And my baby went to bed and didn't scream her head off. And she was sleeping when we got home and it just felt so nice to be out just the two of us and talk about whatever we would have talked about before we had a kid. Like, yes, we looked at a couple of pictures of her while you're we gone, but mostly mm -hmm. we talked about, you know, future plans and certain things reminded us of like our epic travels that we've had. And it was just a really, really fun night at flirting. And we had the energy and the capacity to touch because nobody had a stroller or anything else. And so it was just a very, we just felt like us for the mm -hmm. first time in a really long time. It just felt like just Mike and Kristen in like a bubble for a couple of hours. And it was really fucking fun. Mm -hmm. Aww. I love that. Love that for you. Where that came from. Yeah. Thanks, girls. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks, friends. Thanks, guys. Thanks for the support. Oh my God. Well, this has been fucking amazing. My baby will be up soon. So <laughs> Rachel, you're amazing. We love you. We love you so much. Oh, I Thank love you, you guys. Coming and redoing and sharing your intimate baby news and all of your wisdom and your creativity. And you are just I know I told you this when we were fawning over each other, like the first time we officially met on zoom, but you are one of the most interesting, thoughtful, like people that I've ever met. And I just feel like a dream of mine would be for all three of us to be at a dinner party that you are hosting because you are friends with lots of interesting people. <laughs> um, let, okay. In Greece, um, let's <laughs> like, I want to like take a trip with you guys. Let's, let's say dinner party in on some like a remote island with mm -hmm. lots of wine and yeah. lots of delicious food and that's what i'm gonna that's what i'm gonna manifest this new cycle that's We're my there. wish okay we'll put it out there mm -hmm. that's yeah collective wish and maybe by that we'll time out i there in the will universe. have found someone who will sell me a vibrating triangle and i'll bring it <laughs> oh my god i've been looking everywhere and i can't find anybody who will I ship can't they stop yeah. making it i know and i'm like i'm looking for someone who has it and it's like I mean, the chances of it not being used are low. But. <laughs> you know what? I'm I'm gonna design it. That's it. Do I've it. had enough. Yes. Bring it back. Bring back yes. the tired of these triangle. <laughs> tired of these enough delicate, with these... small, yeah. stupid vibes. Butter, the butterfly. <laughs> the butterfly. Like, no I don't thanks. want a butterfly. I want a fucking pyramid of pleasure to. Hunt. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> gonna make a whole line of them. Yeah. Seriously? When this comes out, I will have to find a photo of what we're talking about and post it so that people know exactly what we're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Look, if I want it, there are other people out there who want it and Seriously. I want to know who they are. I would sit on that thing. Gonna... Sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rachel. Oh, we'll catch up with you, you so soon. Much. We love you. Oh, love, love you guys you. so much. Talk Thanks. soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you folks so much for listening. If this conversation tickled your fancy, opened your mind, or gave you permission to simply express yourself a little bit more authentically, share with a friend, rate us on Apple Podcasts, follow on Spotify, or subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts.